Coming up, Rabbi David Aaron explains why Yom Kippur is all about love and forgiveness. Welcome everyone to At Home in Jerusalem, the podcast on Aish.com. I'm Heather Dean, and this is the place where each week a well-known Torah scholar drops by for a visit and shares important insights that will make home life better. And today I'm at Aisha Torah's headquarters in Jerusalem, Israel, with my guest, Rabbi David Aaron, who is back on the podcast, this time to talk about Yom Kippur, God's forgiveness of us, and how we can forgive ourselves. Rabbi Aaron is the dean and founder of Israelite, an international organization and center for Jewish learning in Jerusalem's old city, and Yeshivat Oraita, which offers a one-to-two-year program for high school graduates. To contact Rabbi Aaron or to purchase any of his eight books, visit RabbiDavidAaron.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-D-A-V-I-D. A-A-R-O-N.com. Welcome back, Rabbi David Aaron, to At Home in Jerusalem. Thank you. In a recent article, you wrote, quote, Yom Kippur is all about love and forgiveness. It's about how we are always inseparably close to God, end quote. So since the topic of our discussion has to do with things that can't be changed, does this idea mean that no matter what, God's closest to us does not change? Absolutely. We are one with God. Actually, the, the the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. There's a cute little hint there, at one mint. Atonement is at one mint. Mm-hmm. And sure. um, the truth is, existentially, right this second, we are connected to God. And that connection can never be changed. No fact will, and no act will change that fact. But our acts will change the way we experience that truth. In other words, We might not feel close to God, even though God is always close to us, we might be making choices that is causing us to disconnect in our minds, in our experience, in our spirit, but in our essence, we are always connected. Mm -hmm. It's a lovely thought. Um, You know, you've also written that, and I quote, when we will look back and see the whole picture, we will realize that every bad act we chose and every dark event that happened to us contributed to God's plan, which is to bring ultimate goodness to us. So I'm just wondering if you could help the listeners and me understand, because really, who hasn't acted badly over the course of our lives and dark events do happen to us, so how are bad deeds in our life ultimately good? Okay, I'm not going to say that they're ultimately good, but they can fit into the good. You know, there's a teaching in the Talmud that says in the future, uh, right now, actually, when something bad happens to us, we say, Baruch Dayin Ahmed, blessed is he who is a true judge. But when something good happens to us, we say, Baruch Tovu Metiv, blessed is he who is good and gives good. So the Talmud says that in the future, we're going to look back at everything that happened in our lives, and we're going to do a kind of re-bless, and we're going to say, blessed are you who is good and gives good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can actually apply that to everything in our lives, not just what happens, but what happens in terms of the choices that we make. Now, mm-hmm. uh, that is just mind-boggling. Right. How are we going to even understand right. that? And um, I don't know how we're going to understand that. 
what the Talmud is telling us is that somehow we will look back at the past and we'll see that it all fit into God's plan. The question becomes then what is our responsibility in terms of the choices that we made? Right. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so the, the, you know, the Talmud says, Hakol bidei shemaim chutz shemaim. All is by the hands of God except yirah, which is awe, reverence, uh, respect, and sometimes it's translated as fear. Actually, very often it's translated fear, but that would be a whole talk itself. Mm-hmm. But right now, I just want to understand that there are many serious opinions that explain that what does it mean all is by the hands of God except yirah, awe. Awe is an reverence is an attitude. And our choice is in our attitude, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in our action, we don't have really complete control over our actions. And that's an amazing thing. That's really wild. That's yeah. like really life-changing yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. In other words, a person, and this is a very uh, harsh example, but just uh, I think it just helps elicit, uh, you know, clarify the point. Yeah. Let's say, God forbid, somebody chooses to kill somebody. So they make that choice. But there is no guarantee that that choice will turn into an action and that there will be a consequence to the event itself. Why? Uh, They could choose to kill somebody and pull the trigger and the trigger jams. Mm -hmm. They could pull the trigger and there was no bullet. They could pull the trigger and the bullet was a dud. They could pull the trigger and miss. They could pull the trigger and the victim moves and it hits them in the leg. They could pull the trigger and and the victim moves and they don't get hit at all. All that's in God's hands. What's really completely in my control is the choice itself. Whether God allows that choice to turn into an action is already his department. Mm -hmm. Now, why would it turn into an action? Only if somehow it's going to fit into God's greater plan. And so, bottom line, uh, we need to take responsibility for our choices. Now, Mm -hmm. if I regret that choice... Mm -hmm then I'm taking responsibility for that part of life which is within my parameter. Mm -hmm. In terms of what happened, if I do tshuva, if I repent, and I regret that I made that choice, and obviously I regret that those were the results that came out of the choice, but I realize that results are in God's hands, then my name is no longer on that event. That's what our sages teach us. Mm-hmm. Our name, my name is no longer on that action. Mm-hmm. And so, so how can God forgive me sure. if I choose to genuinely regret the choices that I made? And of course, the event that came out of it, but I understand that, well, that was in God's hands, whatever came out of it. If I genuinely regret my choice, uh, then my name is no longer on that action. Mm-hmm. And I am forgiven and I should forgive myself. Now, very often when people wow. hear this, mm-hmm. they think, well, my gosh, then, so my choices don't really incur actions? That's up to God whether it turns into action. So then what is the implication of my choice? And here comes the real zinger over here. Your choices are a lot more serious than determining actions and events. Your choices determine how you define who you are. And that is really life-changing. And what is the choice? The choice is, do you define yourself in terms of the will of God Mm. with the desire to bring more godliness and goodness into the world? Mm -hmm. Or do you define yourself as an independent, separate, self-contained entity that has no interest in being a servant or a vehicle for God's goodness in the world? Mm -hmm. So that's really, really hell 
and heaven. Hell is when you define yourself as separate and independent, self-contained uh, from God. Mm -hmm. uh, and heaven is when you define yourself in terms of being a vehicle for God's goodness into the world. Mm -hmm. so, so what we've now just discovered is that your choice is a lot more serious than determining actions and events, which actually is in God's hands in the end. Your choice is determining really how you define yourself and who you really are. And how you define yourself and how you experience yourself is going to determine your personal hell or your personal heaven. It reminds me of the famous saying that every bullet has an address by using your example. But um, I am wondering about the idea of the person who doesn't have remorse. So by going with the first thing we were talking about, uh, that God is always connected to us. So the person who doesn't have remorse and probably won't for the rest of their lives if it's someone with a criminal mind, God forbid. So unless that person reaches a point of remorse, he won't be or she won't be forgiven in this lifetime. Right, mm -hmm. right. But there is a, a, an important teaching from um, the Hasidic masters that God will orchestrate our lives to get us to atone, to get us to remorse. Okay. It might be more than one life, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. but um, God will not abandon any of us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and is, so to speak, committed Mm -hmm. to help us make the choices to enable us to awaken to our true self mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and be recipients of the greatest good. Mm. Okay, good. As Rabbi Wine had said on this podcast, it, remind, it reminds me of something he said, that uh, God has an exquisite sense of uh, justice. So justice will be done in, in some way. I wonder if we can concretize this with a more real-world example that maybe more of the population uh, can relate to. Let's say someone cuts someone off in traffic or yells terrible things and, and uh, all kinds of curses to a person in traffic for cutting them off or for doing some sort of injustice, cutting them off in, in line at the grocery shop. Okay, so to bring it down a bit, so this is the sort of thing that a person can apologize. Maybe they don't apologize right away, but they think about the situation later. So we're saying even then... God can forgive, a person wants to make some sort of atonement. Like, how does it fit in a less criminal action that takes place? Same idea? Uh, same idea, mm -hmm. um, for sure. Uh, essentially, first of all, it's important that we accept that we're human and that we were created with um, a negative inclination that uh, is there to challenge us and enable us to make choices. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're really much harsher than ourselves than we think, uh, than we are projecting on God. Mm -hmm. and, okay. um, and, I, and I think that if a person re recognizes that they made that mistake and they regret that mistake mm -hmm. and they accept upon themselves that they will do their best not to do that again. Mm -hmm. Done. Mm -hmm. Just done. Beautiful. Get on wow. with your life. Love it. Great. You know, I, I met a fellow who uh, was living with tremendous pain because he thought he had caused an accident, but there were, it, was in a, it was in a fog and, and there was no proof that he did. And I said, I don't understand. He checked the police, he checked the hospital, there was nothing. And he'd been living for years mm. that he did something wrong when there was, no, there was no evidence that he did. And I said, wait a second, even if you did, uh, did you intend to? He said, no. I said, do you regret? Absolutely. Would you, do you commit never to do it again? For sure. I said, done, mm. let go. Wow. Go on. Beautiful. God loves you more than I think you love yourself. 
It's a collective sigh from the listeners and me. That's so wonderful. Thank you so much, Rabbi David Aaron, for sharing your insights about Yom Kippur and forgiveness. Thank you so much. There are many videos and articles and also audio classes about Yom Kippur on H.com. So check out all of these fantastic resources on the special section on the website all about Yom Kippur. Wishing everyone a Gemar Chatima Tova, and thanks for listening.